Well, welcome everybody. So great to have you at church today. If you're brand new, we really, really double want to thank you for coming. Appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with us here together. We're in a series here for the next 40 days on this subject of one more. And we've been asking the question, how can we reach one more? How can we serve one more? And how can we encourage one more? The reality is, is that Jesus spent a lot of time with one, one person at a time. There was one guy with a lunch, one dude on a tree, another dude on a cross, one woman at a well, one fella at a pool, a leper, a blind man, a woman with a blood disease, lots of one-on-one ministry by Jesus. We think a lot about the multitudes and the many, and I get that, and that's great and awesome, But I want you just to think for a moment, really focus. How can God use you? How can God use me to reach one more, to serve one more, to encourage one more? Last week, we talked about reaching one more, and I laid out the the plan that on uh, October 1st, we're going to have a friend day, and we're going to encourage all of us to bring a friend, or at least invite a friend. You know, we all can invite. If, if they choose not to come, that's okay. That's between them and the Lord. But, but would you join me in inviting one person to come with you? Let's see how we can together build a bridge and, and help one more come to Christ. Imagine if you did it and I did it and he did it and she did it and they did it and that person over there did it. That's a lot of ones. Today I want us to talk about serving one more. You see, If we are to live, love, lead like Jesus, if we are to live, love, lead like Jesus, which is really the vision that God has for each and every one of us, that we will live, love, lead like Jesus, it will naturally presume that we serve like Jesus. And I want us to think about that for a few moments here today. And I want you just to take a look at your own life and say, how can I step up my serve game, my serve quotient, and serve more like the Lord Jesus Christ? To help us think about that, I want you to think about this question. How and what kind of a legacy am I leaving? You know, that word legacy is such a big word. It's way out there. It's like, whoa, man, that's, that's, that's just too big for me. But, but it really isn't. Each and every one of us are going to leave a legacy of one kind or another. I'm just asking, what kind of a legacy are we leaving? Are we leaving a legacy of service? A legacy of serving other people? Mother Teresa said, a life not lived for others is not a life. And Martin Luther King Jr. said, everyone can be great because everyone can serve. I've conducted a lot of funeral services through the years, and many of them for people I don't even know. And I find it so fascinating to do the part that, uh, that I need to do in, in you know, caring and comforting and encouraging the family But then when the family members begin to share about the deceased, someone who I don't even know, I find it fascinating. You learn so much about that individual. And many, many, many times it's just incredibly inspiring and stirring and motivating to hear about how great a person that individual was. But it's not always that way. Sometimes it's rather empty. And there's not a lot of feeling, a lot of emotion, and doesn't seem to be a lot of appreciation and love for the one who's lost their life. And I've thought about that a lot through the years, and I've come to this conclusion that the reason for the inspiring eulogies are a lot different than the others is because of one thing. The person who passed away lived their life to serve others, or they didn't. 
And those who invested in others are the ones that made the huge difference, made the big blessing, uh, contributed so much to the others. You know, there's a difference between a eulogy and a resume. A resume is what we write to talk about ourselves. A eulogy is what other people say about you. And we can say a lot of wonderful things about ourselves. How many know what I'm talking about? Just look at uh, social media. But when it comes to a eulogy, that's what other people say about you. A lot of times that's more real. That's more serious. That's more true. What will people say about you? What will they say about me? And are we living a life of service? Are we building that daily legacy by, by serving others that God would have us build? If you want to be great in God's kingdom, Jesus said, be a servant. Be a servant. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, be a servant. One person who serves another can change the entire trajectory of that person's life. I want you to think for a moment of the person who has impacted you the most in life. Maybe it's a teacher, junior high, high school. Uh, maybe, obviously, it's a mom or a dad, most likely. Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe a, a, a friend of the family. Maybe it's a coach. Uh, maybe it's a boss. You know, who's impacted your life the most? Who would that be? Do you have that person in your mind? How can you be one of those people that impacts one person the most? How can you live your life in such a way that you are impacting others by how you serve them? Sir Nicholas Winton is one of those people who impacted the lives of others. Do you know that name, Sir Nicholas Winton? He saved 669 Jewish children from the hordes of the Holocaust. He evacuated Czechoslovakia via the Czech uh, kinder uh, transport train, and he kept it a secret, get a load of this, till 1988. He's considered the British Schindler. And on his 105th birthday, how many are 105 here today? I see that hand, I see that hand. There you go, okay. On his 105th birthday, they threw a surprise party, and the person moderating it asked the question, or basically introduced someone, let me put it that way, introduced someone in the crowd as one of the children that he saved. Take a look at this brief little video clip. You see this, this birthday party, where these people are gathered, there's just a great crowd, he's 105 years old, he's not really sure what's happening. They introduce the person next to him that he literally saved, and they hugged and great. And then they ask a question, how many other people are here who owe their life to Winston? And look at they all stood. When I first saw that, it brought a tear to my eye. I mean, I felt that deep in my heart. These people were alive because of his influence. He saved them. He rescued them. You talk about a person of impact, whoa. You talk about a legacy. You say, Rob, you know, that's not me. I can't do that. You know, we can't serve everyone, but we all can serve one. We can all serve one. And that's what I want you to ask yourself today. Jesus says it this way. If you want to be great, be a servant. And then 
he shows us in John 13 when he washes the disciples' feet. He says it, and then he shows it. Imagine one day we get to heaven, and we're all there, BCA. And Jesus says, how many are in heaven today because of the work and ministry and missions work of BCA? There's going to be a lot of people standing because we've worked together, we've served together to reach many people for Jesus Christ. Jesus says, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, be servant of all. And then in this story, in John 13, he begins to wash their feet. I want us to take a look today at John 13 in greater detail. I want us to look at five characteristics of a servant. If you want to live, love, lead like Jesus, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, you need to be a servant. But what does a servant look like? John 13 shows us. And as we go through these five, I want you to grade yourself. You ready for school? School's about to start. Are you guys excited about that? Sorry to remind you. Sorry. Sorry to remind you. But I want everybody, everybody, whether you're going to school or not, I want you to grade yourself on these five. Ten being, man, I'm just like Jesus. Don't anybody give yourself a ten because you're not like Jesus, okay? But maybe, maybe you're doing really strong in one or two or three of these, and maybe it's an eight or a nine or a seven and a half. But maybe some of them you go, boy, I need to really ask God to help me in that area. Let's take a look at these. Prioritize your purpose. That's the first characteristic of a servant. Look at verse number one. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew, underline that, that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now, there's a conflation of a lot of different things going on here. And I want you just to think about it first of all. First of all, this is the Passover. Just let that sink in for a moment. Way, way, way back in Exodus chapter 12, we see the beginning of the Passover. And, and God instructed the Israelites to kill the Passover lamb and apply the blood to the doorposts of their, of their home. And the death angel would come through and would pass over those doors that had the blood applied. Jesus Christ is our Passover lamb. And when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, the blood of Jesus is applied to the doorposts of our heart, and judgment passes over us because of Jesus. Can you, hear, can you say a big amen to that? Because of Christ. So here we are, they're celebrating the Passover, but Jesus recognizes he himself is about to become the Passover lamb, sacrificed on the cross. He's there celebrating the Passover that turns into the Last Supper. And he has all of this on his mind, just the emotional awareness that he's about to be crucified on the cross. And yet he prioritizes his purpose. He was still all about uh, uh, serving and, and caring for other people. His purpose was to come and to live and to serve and to die for the entire world. That, that blows me away that all of this was going on and Jesus had the presence of mind to teach them about servanthood, even in the midst of his impending crucifixion. He was about to wash their feet, about to teach them what it means to be a person of the kingdom. You know, when it comes to serving, we get distracted a lot. You know, we don't think we have the time, the energy to do it. There's too many other things going on. And, and it's true, there's a lot going on. But just stop and think about Jesus. If anybody had a lot going on, it was him. He had the weight of the world literally on his shoulders. And he cared about the one, the three, 
the 12 in front of him. He was all about the mission. He was all about his purpose. He was all about prioritizing his purpose. This is what a servant looks like, putting the mission and purpose ahead of self. Our purpose is to live, love, lead like Jesus, and Jesus prioritized his purpose. He was all in. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4.10, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Mother Teresa said, never be too busy as to not think of others. Who can you serve? How can you serve? This summer I led a serve class uh, during the 9 o'clock hour every Sunday morning. We just wrapped it up here today. And we had conversations about serving, and there are probably about 30 different students, uh, class members that were a part of it over the course of, of the summer, and we had just wonderful conversations from scripture and, and stories, and uh, had ministry leaders come in, and, and, and we just talked about what it means to serve like Jesus. I want to encourage every one of us, 100% of us, as we grow in living, loving, and leading like Jesus, to grow in this area of service. This church is full of so many incredible Christ servants. And my prayer is that will be all of us. That those that are serving will just continue, continue to Kenya, put God first in their life in that area, and that we all would step up and grow in that area. You see a QR code here, and I want to make it as simple as I possibly can. You might be new to the church, trying to find your way and saying, you know, I'd like to get involved in service, but I'm not quite sure how to do it. You know, scan that QR code, fill out a connection card, Go to the website, the volunteer page, so many different ways to do it. Right now, I'm praying, praying, praying as we move into the fall that we go to, uh, from 20 to about 40 people serving in our children's area. We have a children's uh, meeting right after this service upstairs. If you would like to be a part of that, learn more about children's ministry, just stay for an extra hour. Join us. We've got lunch for you. I would love to tell you more about it. And then first impressions. We'd like to get to over 40 people serving every single Sunday and looking for a, uh, a, a cadre of folks to help us build up the parking lot team and, and others. Maybe you're trying to find an easy way to get started. That's a great way. You can serve outside the church as well. There's so many different ways that you can be involved in serving. I want you to think about you yourself. How can I, ask yourself, how can I grow and become more like Christ? How can I live, love, and lead more like Jesus Christ? It requires that I grow in service. Let the church help you fulfill that. The church is here to provide opportunities for you to serve. We spend a lot of time and energy to try to make uh, pathways for people to enter into service, to use their gifts, abilities, and life experiences to serve others. I wanna invite you to be a part of that. The second characteristic of a Christ servant is the constant and continual focus on other people. Notice what it says here in verse number two. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew all about it. He knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that the time had come for him to return to God. Jesus answered, those who had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you, speaking of Judas again. Just stop and think about that for a moment. Jesus is going through the excruciating pain, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, relationally, of what is about to happen. He is about to face the most painful death imaginable on the cross. And he is fully God, but friends, he's fully man. And he felt every bit of it. He knows what's coming. 
And if that wasn't enough, right in the middle of it, he's got Judas who's angling for his death. Have you ever been betrayed by somebody? You say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not just before you're about ready to be crucified for the sins of the world. Am I right? Am I right? Jesus had all of this on him. And that's not all. The other disciples are playing small ball and arguing who among us is the greatest. Luke chapter 22 feeds right into the Last Supper, and you read the account there in verse 22 or whatever it is, 24, where it talks about the fact that they were arguing. Hey, I want to sit on your right. I want to sit on your left. I want to be great. And Jesus says, wait, 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 wait. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, be a servant. Be a servant. Serve other people. Serve other people. It's this argument that I think gave rise to the story of him washing the disciples' feet because he says, let me not just tell you about it, let me show you what it means to be a servant. This is amazing to me. It's it's just overwhelming that Jesus was dealing with all of this all at the same time. The emotional pain, the, 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 the mental pain, the mental anguish, all of that, he had so much to deal with. One of the things I've appreciated so much about this church for so many years is the many, many people who are on the front lines of serving. This church is built by incredible Christ servants. There's no question about it. People serving in so many days. There's probably 100 different ministries here at BCA. Everything that you know about, plus all that's happening at the Compassion Center, and we can go on and on. And I can't thank you enough for living, loving, and leading like Jesus in that way. And if you're newer to BCA, we want you to dive in and join us as we all seek to grow in Christ-likeness. We have a couple of areas of ministry that I think is important to talk about because you might say, well, I don't know quite how to get started. Maybe you like serving behind the scenes. Maybe you like being a part of ministry behind the scenes. We have a lot of people that love working behind the scenes. Do you know we have a Levite ministry? Remember the Levites in the Old Testament who who took care of the temple? Um, These are people that work on the facility. You know, these are people that that clean it and uh, uh, reorganize it and, and take care of of those kinds of things. In fact, this morning, I had to call some folks and say, hey, um, can you help me out? Uh, you know, it looks like we had a, uh, a homeless encampment on the front part of, uh, of our building, and a lot of people left a bunch of debris out there. We need to get that cleaned up before services here today. There's just all sorts of things that happen over the course of the week, and people step in and make that happen. You say, you know, I like the sounds of that. I like to stay out of the limelight. I like to work off the radar behind the scenes. It's important work, and I'm so grateful for those that do it. We have people that work on tech, you know, all the things from computer database work to online to, to, to video to audio to, you know, all sorts of technology. You say, man, I'm kind of gifted in that area. We got a place for you. How can we all work together to use our spiritual gifts, our heart passion, our natural abilities and personalities and life experiences to be used together and come together to serve at least one more. Jesus says, if you want to live, love, lead like me, you're going to have to serve. There's another characteristic that I want you to think about, and grade yourself on this one as well. 
and that is dying to self. Look at verses 4 through 9. It says here, he got up from his meal, he took off his outer clothing. Just imagine, the disciples are arguing, who's the greatest, who's the greatest? Jesus wrapped a towel around his waist, and after he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, he dried them with a towel. Jesus rolled up his sleeves and went to work. He knew the disciples weren't about to do it. I mean, back in that day, uh, you would go to a, a home, a place, and there would be a basin, a water basin out front, and uh, you'd wash your feet, and usually there'd be a servant there to dry it. Well, this was a little bit of a spontaneous gathering. There was no servant. There was no water. So Jesus took it upon himself to do what the disciples never would have done. They were fighting with each other. They weren't about to stoop. They weren't about to do servant work. They weren't about to get down there with the mud and stinky feet and do that kind of stuff. There's no way. They had no interest in doing that. Jesus said, I'll do it. And let me teach you something as I do it. If you want to be a servant, you're going to have to die to self. It's not about you. It's about God. And it's about other people. And you come in a distant third. That flies in the face of the mentality of our culture and almost everywhere you look. And it flies in the face of our own personal carnality because left to our own devices, it's all about us, am I right? It's how can I bow down at the shrine of self and worship me, myself, and I? Jesus says, no, 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 no. That is not how it works in the kingdom of heaven. If you want to be great, be servant. If you want to be first, be last. He said, let's stop talking about it. Let me show you. And so he takes out his outer cloak and he wraps it around and begins to do some foot washing. Dirty feet. Muddy feet. Smelly feet. Have I grossed you out yet? (laughs) Terrible, terrible feet. No one would do it. Jesus did it. Jesus says in Luke 9, 23, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. I need to die to self every day. I need to pray every morning. God, help me not live for me, but live for you. That's how relationships get stronger. That's how work uh, partnerships get stronger. That's how our faith gets better. That's how families grow. Is by less self and more God. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. I don't live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. John the Baptist prayed an appropriate, accurate prayer. He said, may he increase and may I decrease. The way up is down. The way forward is selflessness. You see, the biggest problem in the world is me. No, no, not me. I I mean you. No, 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 not you. You understand what I'm trying to say. Self. Somebody once said, if I could kick in the seat of the pants the person that gives me the most problem, I wouldn't be able to sit down for a week. (laughs) Self, self. I mean, you've recognized it, as have I. You go, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why couldn't I? Why? I need to get out of the way so Christ can flourish through me. Jesus talked to him about servanthood, then he showed him a bit about servanthood. If we are to live, love, lead like Jesus, we need to die to self. 
A servant lives for one, the master. Jesus is our master. You know, this is a church, as I said, full of Christ servants, and there's a group of people who serve so faithfully that, that we don't really recognize a whole lot, and those are our adult teachers and our adult group leaders and the teams that work together. And I want to have you join me in thanking them for all that they do in our church. Would you do that? And, and I, also want, I also want you to consider signing up for one of the classes or groups that's going to get rolling. I'm going to kind of tease it out a little bit here this morning, and we'll talk about it more next week and a little bit more the following week. You know, just some of the classes coming up on Sundays and Wednesdays, we're kind of rebuilding our Sunday class, uh, classes. We've got uh, our Sunday sermon study where we study the, uh, the, the sermon from the previous week. I'm going to do a class on uh, Christian doctrine, and that starts all on the 10th. September 10th, join us. One of the classrooms upstairs, Doug Anderson, uh, continues to teach a class he's taught for many, many years, our uh, main adult uh, Sunday school class. These are the three on Sunday morning. And then uh, on Wednesdays at 5.30, we're starting a brand new prayer class. It's kind of an odd hour. Not everybody can come to it, but it's a time where we can uh, get started. 5.30 before the Wednesday night activities. Several of the pastors will be joining with me. Special time, we'll be teaching for a little bit on prayer and then spending time focusing on prayer. We'd love for you to be a part of it right here in the worship center. Let's take a look at the next slide. We also have several other classes. Basic Christian Beliefs is a class for new believers. If you'd like to kick the tires of faith, what does it mean to be a Christian? Christian, that's the class for you. Marriage and family class is going to be extraordinary. I talked with a, with a family this week who said, Rob, sorry, not able to participate in this, that, or the other thing. We're getting a divorce. I said, listen, give me a chance. Give me a chance. I want to invite you to this marriage class, and I want you to meet with one of our marriage mentors. It's just going to take you a little time. Don't give up on your marriage yet. Give us a chance. And they're praying about it. And I hope they come to this class to save their marriage. You think these classes are high-stakes classes? You better believe it. You think we do this because we have nothing else to do? We're trying to enrich, equip, build people so that they can withstand the craziness of this world. I have heard Christians say the most baffling things to me the last four years about the most bizarre ideologies, and I think, man, have you never read the Bible? This is bizarre. we got to study to show ourselves approved, the Bible says. Take one of these classes. The women's Bible study is just one of the greatest and largest attended uh, classes in our entire church. Men's Bible study with Patrick Davis, vice chairman of our church congregation, leads a, a riveting class with the men. We got our single moms, uh, Jessica Palo Alto, uh, Pastor Zain's wife leads that. We're going to discuss the week's sermon also on Wednesday nights, and uh, there we'll decide if we liked it or not, and it's especially interesting because I'm the one that preached it. Um, and then we have uh, a couple of uh, pace setter groups that you see there that uh, are some men discipleship groups. I want to encourage you to think about the fact, well, I don't have time. I can't make it. I want to encourage you to kind of flip that on its head and say, I want to invest in myself so that I can live, love, and lead like Jesus better. I want to grow in the word of God so I can grow in service. I want to thank all of our adult leaders and teachers and, and uh, group leaders for their investment. Uh, we're going to talk more about this next week. The fourth thing that I want us to talk about is we need to reach for humility. Reach for humility. Notice it says here in verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on clothing and returned to his place. He said, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am.
Jesus didn't just tell them, he showed them what it meant to be a servant. A servant knows who the master is and knows that he's not the master. Jesus said, listen, you're to be the servants, not me. And yet, Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but what? To serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. There is no way we can live, love, and lead like Jesus if we are not fully-fledged servants. There's no such thing as a non-serving servant. Every Christian, by definition, is a servant. Can I hear a big amen? I like the definition of humility that someone once said, and that is humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's just thinking of yourself less. You're no longer the big deal. I love this word, reach for humility, strive, aim, uh, fight for humility, because it is a fight. We do need to reach for it, because our natural bent is not humility, it's self-centeredness, like we talked about earlier. Jesus tells us, and then he shows us. I'm praying that the serving quotient of our church family will grow and grow and grow. And I want you to be thinking and praying over this next several weeks about where God wants to use you in this new ministry year. On September 17th, we're going to have a ministry fair, and we're going to deck out the lobby and and showcase a lot of the great ministries of our church. It's also going to be Consecration Sunday, where I'm going to invite everybody, everybody, to, uh, to make a stand and to pray a prayer of consecration for the new ministry year ahead. God, this is where I want to serve. This is how, God, I feel you want me to be used for your kingdom and your glory. And I want us to do it together as a church family as we reach out farther and wider than we ever have before. Be praying about it so that you can be ready by September 17th. You know, uh, this is Mission Sunday, and one of the ways that many in our congregation serve is through missions. Uh, We all pray, uh, we all give, and some of us are able to go. And uh, next year we have four missions tips planned. Four and 24, how do you like that? Our Deaf Church is going to Bolivia, and we want to support that. We've got our uh, vision team heading to Portugal as we started with our new Global Church Partnership. Uh, We have a a missions team next summer to Sumba, Indonesia, as we help build the dorm and do some medical ministry and so forth. And then our youth and young adults are heading to Albania next summer with Pastor Caleb and team, and we're very excited about that as well. Four and 24. You might say, you know, I have never been on a mission trip. I'd love to be a part of one. Or maybe you say, I have been on one. I want to go again. We're also getting ready to uh, uh, schedule uh, another missions trip to Eswatini and continue our work in Cuba. And so we're just very excited about that. Be praying, seeing how God might use you. Let me wrap it up with point number five, seek to serve. I think we need to live every single day looking for a way to serve. We need to kind of be on our toes, leaning forward, looking for an opportunity. That is a total different mindset than most people have. Notice what Jesus said. Now that I, your Lord, have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I've done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than the master. If I'm washing feet, you can't say you're not going to. Look at verse 17. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. You want to be blessed? I sure do. If we want to be blessed, we need to do what Jesus has asked us to do. He's teaching his disciples, and he's teaching us, you and me both, 
what it means to be a servant. Jesus says if you want to live, love, and lead like Jesus, serve others, serve others, serve others, serve others. Build a legacy of serving. Build a legacy of serving. At your funeral, at mine, what will people say? Let's build a legacy of serving. What is God saying to you? How does God want you to grow? How does God want you to be more like Jesus Christ and serve more faithfully? What, what is he doing as he knocks on your heart door? Where is he stirring your heart? See, this is more about you and God. What is he saying to you? I'm just kind of trying to prime the pump here a little bit and say the church is here to help you grow in this area of servanthood, providing uh, rails to run on, paths to run down. The characteristics of a servant. Prioritize your purpose. Focus on others. Die to self. Reach for humility and seek to serve. Let's bow our hearts in prayer. Lord, I thank you for our entire church family. So, 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 so many are faithfully involved in regular service, and I can't thank you enough for that, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that that number continues to grow. And I pray that all of us, God, all of us will grow in the area of servanthood that our servant quotient will continue to grow and grow and grow. God, that we will be a blessing to other people. How many are here and would say, every head bowed and eye closed, how many would say, Pastor Rob, I, I want to reach my hand to the Lord. I want to grow in servanthood. I want to become more like Jesus Christ. I want to live, love, and lead like Jesus more and more and more. It starts there. It starts with that desire. If that's you, would you just lift your hand and hold it high for a moment? I want to grow in servanthood. My hand is up. My hand is up. I want to grow in servanthood. It starts there with, with a desire to fulfill the purposes of Christ and be the person Christ has called us to be. I want to more clearly emulate these five characteristics. I wanna, I wanna be a disciple, a follower, a student of Jesus. I wanna grow from the inside out. I wanna think like a servant. I wanna have the attitude of a servant. I don't only wanna do the acts of a servant. I want all of it. I wanna become more like Jesus. Let me ask another question. How many are here today and would say, you know, quite frankly, I need to start at the very beginning. I want to commit or recommit my life to Jesus. I want, to, I want to become a Christ follower. I want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. If that's you, would you just hold your hand up? Hold it high for a moment. I want to commit, recommit my life to Jesus Christ today. Just hold it high for a moment. God bless you. I appreciate you raising your hand so very, very much. God bless you. You may put your hands down. Lord, I pray for all of us that we will become more and more like you. Life is short. Life is strange and difficult these days. But it's always been that way in some way, shape, or form. We don't have a lot of time to waste. We certainly don't have time to lose. There's people all around us that need us to reach one, serve one, encourage one. We may not be called to rescue a bunch of children from the Holocaust, but Lord, you want us to make a difference in our sphere of influence. I pray, God, that you'll raise us up like never before to be used of you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name.
And everybody said, amen, amen. Would you stand with me, friends? I'm gonna invite our prayer team to come forward. Maybe you have a special need. Maybe you'd like to step in for, for somebody who needs special prayer. Maybe you committed your life to Christ today. Maybe you want prayer about a ministry God's stirring in your heart. I invite you to come. Our tradition service host will, will close that service as we're our online pastor. Uh, we're gonna sing a closing song here and be dismissed in just a moment. But let's, as we sing, let's just make it our purpose and our passion. Lord, I wanna serve like Jesus served. I wanna live, love, lead like Jesus. Let's make that our passion as we sing.